Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Learn to Love podcast, your guide to everything love, sex, intimacy, and relationships. Each week, your host, Zach Beach, interviews new experts on love, including couples therapists, relationship coaches, sex educators, and best-selling authors. Learn the best tips and cutting-edge wisdom to better love yourself, others, and the world. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the Learn to Love podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Zach Beach, and I'm here with the incredible author and relationship coach, Michael Sorensen. Hello, Michael, and welcome to the show. Hey, Zach. Thanks for having me. Today, we are going to talk about the power of validation. But before we get into that, let's learn a little bit more about Michael. For those that don't know, Michael Sorensen is a best-selling author, speaker, and relationship coach. His award-winning book, I Hear You, The Surprisingly Simple Skill Behind Extraordinary Relationships, consistently holds the number one spot on multiple Amazon bestseller charts and is changing the way people approach relationships in business, love, and life. Hello, Michael. How are you doing today? Just dandy. Thank you. How are you? I'm very well. And I get that you're feeling pretty dandy because that makes sense. It's a beautiful day. And I know you're in Utah. I'm sure the sun is shining. And it's perfectly understandable that you're feeling dandy. <laughs> Thank <laughs> how you. Did I, how did I do? <laughs> so, so. <laughs> we can work a little bit on that. <laughs> All right, good. Well, I might need some guidance then on the power of validating a little bit better. So that's the topic for today, the what and how of validation. But let's just first talk about the why. So why is validation so important? Yeah, so validation for listeners who might not be familiar with it is essentially the act of helping someone feel heard and understood. It's helping somebody feel like they're not crazy for feeling however they're feeling, right? So if somebody comes to you and they're upset with their coworker and they want to vent and complain, what they want you to do is listen to them and then validate, meaning say, oh my gosh, that sucks. <laughs> he really said that? I can't believe that, you know? That's, that's validating. Or on the flip side, right, like we kind of joked about here, it can be for positive things. So, you know, we hop on a call and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. The sun's shining. I finally get to walk outside you know, what I'm hoping for is, oh, that's awesome. You know, it's especially with quarantine, like, you know, we're all cooped up inside all day. That's got to be amazing to have great weather, right? So so that's validation. And the why behind it, the, the reason why it's so important to learn how to give validation is because that's how we connect with other human beings. You know, we, we crave acceptance, we crave appreciation, and we want to feel heard and recognized. And validation is the quickest way to gift that to someone. So we all need to feel seen and understood and validation is the best way to do it. So how do we do it? You say that there are two components for effective validation. What are these components? The first is identifying a specific emotion. And the second is offering some form of justification for feeling that emotion. So if we go back to the two examples that I gave earlier, if someone's venting to you and complaining, well, a validating statement, it could be as simple as saying, oh my gosh, that would drive me crazy. And that satisfies the two bits, right? It identifies an emotion, which is shock or frustration. Uh, and then the justification piece is the fact that you yourself would feel the same way. Now, maybe we could talk later, Zach, in this episode about how to validate when you don't agree with someone or when you might not feel the same way. But nevertheless, at its simplest form, that's what validation is. It's it's recognizing the emotion that someone's feeling 
and showing some form of justification or appreciation for why they're feeling that way. So it sounds very simple, right? Identify a specific emotion and then give some form of justification for that emotion. Now, I'm imagining getting it wrong. So maybe your your, your partner comes home and, and they say, oh my God, I had this this tough day at work. And you're like, wow, you sound angry. And they're like, no, no, I'm not angry at all. So how do we go about identifying the right emotion? And what happens if we identify the wrong emotion? I love that you asked that. The beautiful thing is it kind of self-corrects, you know? So if you say, wow, you seem angry. Well, your spouse or your friend or whoever it is, is going to correct you. They're going to say, no, I'm not, not angry. I'm, I'm embarrassed. Whatever it is, they'll correct you. And so Generally, it can only help to try to empathize, you know, and to try to validate. And if we don't hit the nail on the head the first time, if the other person's willing to talk or share, they'll guide us to that accurate emotion. And then we can go, oh, okay, yeah, I actually totally get the embarrassment because you really put your neck out on the line there, you know? So they'll correct us. (laughs) Exactly. So once they say have corrected us, You know, so the next step is to justify why they're feeling their emotion. And my question is, well, what if we don't want to like validate their rationalization? So I'm wondering like when we might not want to validate somebody. So for example, if our partner is like looking in the mirror and they say, "Ugh, I'm so frustrated that I'm so fat. You know, you're not going to say, yeah, I understand you've been really putting on some pounds lately. That makes sense. Right. So, you know, sometimes it helps to have someone be like, oh, you're being ridiculous right now. You know, when we do disagree, perhaps we don't agree with their judgment of the certain situation. How do we validate someone without necessarily, you know, justifying what they're the evidence behind what they're saying? Sure. So to understand how to handle a situation like that, which are admittedly difficult, right? Like, oh, what do I say here? Uh, most of us would immediately jump in and challenge it. Right. We'd say you're not fat. Or, oh, don't worry about it, right? I think I imagine most everybody listening would probably respond that way, right? And and yet that's actually not, in most instances, what the other person wants to hear. Now, I know that sounds crazy, right? Because no one wants to hear, yeah, you're fat, right? Uh, But the reason I say that is that it goes back to what we talked about a few minutes ago about our deep-seated human need to feel appreciated, to feel understood, and to not feel crazy, right? So when someone comes to you and they just say, oh my gosh, I feel so fat right now, you could say, no, you're not fat. And while that might kind of help them feel better, it's more like chopping away at the, at the leaves rather than helping them feel the root of the problem. And so, you know, in that instance, if somebody were to say to me, gee, I feel so fat, I might be like, oh, geez, that, like, why, why, why do you say that? You know, and I would ask a question, I would get curious around it, which would invite them to get curious about their emotions and their feelings. So it's it's a really, it's a gift when we learn how to validate it. And you're right that it's very simple on the surface, but it actually gets a little, it's very nuanced. It, and that's why my book subtitle is A Surprisingly Simple Skill Behind Extraordinary Relationships. That it's a very simple skill, but there's a lot of nuance to it. And when you understand how to validate and really any situation, it allows you to give candid feedback and have the other person actually hear you you know, in this situation of somebody saying something you disagree with, I actually do recommend in most instances, validating how they're feeling first, and then showing them to the light, then showing them truth around the situation that they might otherwise be missing. So it's simply a matter of when you tell them they're not fat, rather than do I or don't I? Does that make sense? Absolutely. I really appreciate your emphasis on 
being curious about another person's emotional experience and also being curious about their own perspective and not to immediately negate you know, what the person is feeling because that doesn't feel good. Right. Right. It's a very, they're invalidating statements is, is what they are because they shoot down what the other person just said. They say, I feel this. And you say, don't feel that way, or it's not true. And that doesn't feel good to hear. (laughs) (laughs) No, it really doesn't. And I appreciate that curiosity about another person's experience because it does sort of change our relationship to what we might call negative emotions. And you're right in your book that we should change our relationship to these so-called negative emotions. And one of the things we quickly do if somebody is sad or somebody feels something negative is try our best to cheer them up or try our best to, to move away from the situation. But you talk about changing our relationship to these negative emotions. And how should we go about doing that? Yeah, this is something I'm passionate about. For listeners who might not be familiar with my background, I wrote this book because of experiences I had in four years of therapy. And uh, it was profound, everything that I learned through meeting with a therapist. One of the biggest things that I took away from it was to not judge our emotions. And the reason that's so important, again, it all goes back to we as humans want to feel okay. We want to feel normal. Well, if you're feeling an emotion, whether it's happiness or joy or hatred or anger or fear or embarrassment, they all just are like that is normal. You know, and chances are good that if somebody traces back everything that happened that led up to you feeling scared, they would feel the same way. You know, most of us are actually quite rational, even though on the surface, our reactions might not look that way. And so I I focus in the book on not judging our own emotions, because that's a path back to sanity. (laughs) You know, when, when we're upset with something or when we're upset with somebody and we're venting to a friend and they don't understand validation and they say, well, just don't think about it, right? Or just put a smile on your face or just tough it out. Or he didn't mean that, you know, whatever it is, again, they all mean well, but some people have it so much worse. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) At least it's not whatever, right? Put yourself in that situation. How does it feel when someone says that, you know, it doesn't feel helpful. Sometimes we almost get defensive and we start trying to defend why we're angry, right? Rather than actually letting it go. And so I'm a big proponent of looking at all of our emotions and stripping away the judgment from them and saying, instead of saying, oh, I'm so embarrassed, don't feel embarrassed, Michael. I say, oh, I'm so embarrassed. Well, yeah, I'm embarrassed because this, that, and this happened. Of course, anybody in my shoes would be embarrassed. That's validating. And and I can validate myself. And the power in that is that that actually allows me to now process that emotion and then let it go. Whereas if I just bury it and I try to push it down or we try to push other people's emotions down, they fester. Rarely do they go away. More often than not, they come back with a vengeance through addiction or through other ways of acting out. That's such an important distinction to validate our own emotions. And it's amazing that you discovered that yourself in therapy. Was that the beginning of your path towards discovering the power of validation? Yes, it absolutely was. You know, it's funny because a lot of people ask me, well, you must have always, or they say, you must have always wanted to be an author and how cool for you for hitting that dream. And I say, no, I actually never thought that I'd write a book. <laughs> that was never on my list. And 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 it was through therapy, uh, through getting help, working through a number of different issues in my life that I learned the power of validation, that I learned a lot of the skills and techniques and approaches that I talk about in the book, uh, that maybe we can dive into some of them here in a moment, that changed my life so much that I felt the need to pay it forward. And so that that ultimately from 
therapy working on myself ultimately led to me now trying to find ways, trying to find ways of paying it forward. And you mentioned this ability to transform not only our intimate relationships, but also our relationships with others and even in the business world. And you mentioned how in the business world, it's an also a really wonderful way to give feedback to somebody else. Tell the listeners a little bit more about that, you know, with your coworkers, with your boss, with people who you are managing, how might we begin to use validation in order to improve just the sense of connection in the workplace? Right, right. So I love validation as a manager. I manage a team of about 30 people right now. And I have to tell you, it's been phenomenal. I kind of look at my my skill set, if you will, my arsenal as a manager with a bunch of different tools in it. And validation is my most valuable tool. It's the one I reach to reach for most often. And and reasons are plenty. You know, I'm reminded of a recent OC Tanner study that talked about how I think they surveyed, oh shoot, I'm gonna get my facts wrong here, but it was like two hundred thousand people who had recently left a job and they asked them what their reasons were for leaving. And nearly eighty percent of respondents cited a lack of appreciation as one of the main reasons why they quit their job. And you look at appreciation, right? And you think about what we've been talking about with validation, the two go hand in hand. You know, real validation is sincere appreciation. And so when when it comes to managing a team or even just working with a coworker, the same principles apply. People want to feel appreciated. They want to feel heard. They want to feel understood. You know, there's a story in my book that you might remember where I talked about uh, a direct report of mine, a guy on my team who was infamous for having very long-winded arguments or conversations with people, especially his managers. And literally, I had had two to three-hour conversations with this guy before because we just talk in circles, you know. And, And so he came into my office one day and he said, hey, Michael, can I talk? And I said, sure, you know, looking at my watch, thinking, do I have two hours to spare here? But I thought, yeah, come and sit down. And and he uh, basically said, you know, Michael, you assigned this person to this project, and I don't think he's qualified for it. I think he's going to ruin the brand, basically. You know, he didn't say it quite like that. But And I responded how most of us probably do. And I said, you know what? Don't worry about it. I got it covered. And how do you think he took that? How do you think he responded there? Not very well, right? <laughs> he's right. like, uh, no, no, no. You don't understand. You know, here, And he, he doubled down on his position. And the cycle started, all right? And we started going. And then in that moment, I paused because I had just recently learned about validation. And I thought, wait a minute, Michael, he's not, he's not listening to you. Why is he not listening? Well, because he doesn't feel like you're listening to him. And I thought, okay, I need to validate him first. I need to show him that I at least appreciate where he's coming from. If I have any prayer of having him hear my side of the story or see my perspective. And so I did just that. You know, I, I, I empathized with him. I sat there and I thought, okay, where is he coming from? And I kind of tried to, to connect the dots here. And I, and I realized that he was missing some key bits of information. And because he didn't have those, he had every right to be worried. I, I, I could sincerely say to myself in that moment, I would be just as worried if I were in his shoes. And so I essentially told him that. I said, you know what, Jace, I, I actually appreciate you coming to me. You know, from your perspective, you see that this and this happened and this guy's getting assigned to it. And you're right, he's not the most qualified person. So of course you're worried about the brand. And he leaned back in his chair and said, yes, Michael, that's exactly right. And then he just paused and he waited for me to keep talking. And I thought, oh my gosh, I have an opening here. (laughs) And, uh, And I said, I said, I appreciate that, right? So all that's validating, right? If you caught that. And then I transitioned into feedback. 
I said, and I think you're missing a few pieces of the puzzle here. Do you mind if I share? And I remember his eyes got wide and he said, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, please. And I was able to explain to him the pieces that he was missing and why I felt like it was the right move to assign this person to that project. And after that, he said, oh, I, I get that. You know what? I can get behind that. Thank you. And he stood up and left my office. And that whole exchange happened in about 15 minutes, if you can believe it. And I still vividly remember looking at my watch and I was like, what the heck? This is the most amazing thing in the world. Like, you know, <laughs> and, and, and it wasn't it wasn't that I was manipulating him. Right. I don't want to come across that way. It was all sincere. And I was just blown away. And, and that's happened time and time again with people in the workforce in professional settings where we're coming into a full on head to head argument. And in a matter of minutes, I'm able to use validation to calm everybody's fears and concerns, to level the playing field and talk human to human. So it's very powerful, not just in your romantic relationships, but in your professional and other. Yeah, it reminds me of that quote that you don't quit your job, you quit your boss. Yes. And if you don't feel appreciated and seen and understood by someone who kind of has some sort of power over you can be very challenging. And I think that's a really awesome example of validation. And I was wondering if I could bounce some situations off of you. And, you know, you're the validation master now. So I want to see what you can do to to validate me. You want to try it out? Let's try it. Yeah. All right. Now, first, I got to know, are these sincere situations or are we like role playing here? Role playing. <laughs> OK, well, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> All right. Oh, my God. I just had a terrible day at work. I think my boss hates me because I double booked the conference room. Oh, geez. <laughs> what, what, what happened? Well, there was two important meetings, one with the board of directors and the other one with an important client. And they were supposed to show up at the same conference room. And then it was just a mess. It was just a terrible mess. And I think I'm going to get fired. Did, did he say something to you or how, how did this unfold? He said, he said, we'll talk tomorrow. <laughs> That's always comforting, right? <laughs> oh, the dreading. Oh, man. So what? What, what are you going to do about it? I have no idea. Drink. No. <laughs> <laughs> Drink the night away. <laughs> so I'll, I'll pause here for a second because you'll notice as we were talking, I didn't give any advice, right? I didn't give any feedback and I didn't even say much, right? You notice that I just kept asking questions. The validation in all of that was just my emotional response to it, right? The, oh, geez, right? Or, or, or even kind of the laughing sarcasm, right? Of, oh, shoot, like the meeting tomorrow, Right. And we both kind of laugh over it. In this particular exchange, that's the validation there, you know, and and I would generally keep asking questions, not not interrogation style, right? I mean, you kind of have to know when they're done answering your questions. But in the situation like this, I I would try to withhold any advice. And that's why I love the question, well, what, what are you going to do about it? You know, because most of the time they have a solution in mind already, or they'll just say, oh, I don't know, you know, and then and then if they just if they say, I don't know, then I probably would just say, geez, man, that that sucks. I, I mean, is there any way that I can help? You know, I just kind of leave it in limbo and I let them decide where the conversation goes. Now, if let's say now that I was talking to my daughter or my son or an employee, right, someone who reports to me, somebody that I have um, some responsibility for, that's when after validating and asking those questions, then I could jump in and say, well, I have a few thoughts on how you could handle it. Do you, you want you want to hear them? And then I could guide them and I could give them direction, right? So it's very nuanced. Like I've said before, it's very case by case, but I hope that that's helpful to at least kind of see how you can kind of allow space for that person to feel <laughs> what they're feeling without even explicitly reciting a script, 
Right. I appreciate the withholding, you know, the immediate advice withholding like, oh, you know, oh, it's fine. Like everyone makes mistakes. And I appreciate your questions in, in terms of it ties into remaining curious like we talked about before. All right, I'll give you another one. OK, you're my partner. I just came home and I say to you, I told you to take the chicken out of the freezer this morning and you completely forgot. And now dinner is ruined. How can you be so inconsiderate? Oh, geez, I completely spaced it. And you're right. I told you I would do it and I didn't. I'm I'm really sorry. Um, I'm happy to take dinner tonight. I'm happy to go, you know, pay for us to go out or something. Um, we, what, what, what can we do to make it work? Hmm. Feels good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get defensive. You didn't attack back. Yeah. And, you know, some listeners are probably thinking, well, what if they didn't tell me, you know, and so we could go down any different path. But in that particular instance, right, in the role play mode, I, I assumed that it was my bad. And so I owned up to it. And the, the validation validation there is quite literal. It's like, you're right. You did. You did ask me, you know, one step further. I did say I would do it and I didn't. And I'm sorry. Uh, how can I repair this? <laughs> right. It's like very you just own it and you and you don't give a lot of room for argument, assuming that this isn't a habit right now. If I'm always the one doing it, maybe we flip sides. I do get questions from people and they're like, well, that's fine to say, but you forget every single day. Now we're getting into some more complicated stuff. <laughs> but again, the right. tools of validation of using and instead of but uh, absolutes. I mean, a lot of these things, if we don't have time to dive in here, they're available for free on my website as well. People can go check out. But it's all so many tools that once you know how to use them together, help you navigate virtually any emotionally charged conversation. No, I really appreciate your almost immediate empathy. You know, just like, oh, wow. Yeah, totally. Like after what I said. And let's go into that because you do make a really important distinction in your book about the difference between sympathy and empathy. What are the major differences between the two? Yeah. So sympathy, I like to look at as an outside looking in perspective. Brene Brown uh, gave a fantastic um, metaphor or you know visual to this in a conference that she presented at once. She said, sympathy is kind of like your friend falls into a deep, dark hole and they're down at the bottom asking for help. And sympathy is standing on the edge of the hole, looking down and going, oh, geez, uh, that's that's deep. I'm sorry you fell in there. Good luck. You know, or she says, you want a sandwich? Like, you know, I'll stand up here, but I'll, I'll throw you something. Versus empathy would be climbing down into the hole with them and sitting on the floor and going, oh, geez, it's dark down here. That's a long way up. You know, again, there's that validation piece there of just saying, I'm here with you. And then you, you can still say, I know how to get out. Do you want, you want to come out with me? Right. So it's with me. It's me and you looking at a problem versus me looking at you facing a problem all by yourself is, is how I like to look at empathy versus sympathy. Mm, such an important distinction. Sympathy is outside looking in and empathy is saying, I'm here with you. Beautiful. And earlier you mentioned the two steps towards properly validating somebody, identifying the emotion, and then offering some justification for it. And later on in your book, you talk about a four-step validation method. So what are those two additional steps we might want to add on to our validating? Sure. It might help maybe to rephrase the words a little bit. So the first two things we talked about are elements of validation. You know, it's the two things that make something validating is that identifying the emotion and then 
offering justification. The four-step method I talk about is, is kind of a loose framework of how to apply validation in most in any situation. And so the four steps of that, that validation method are, one, listen empathically, which we kind of talked about, right? Listening for the emotion that they're sharing. Two, validating them. Three is when you give feedback or advice or assurance, again, after the validation. And then step four is validating again. So whether they're super excited and, oh, that was so good, such a great conversation, man. Hey, congrats again on that promotion. That's fantastic. That last little bit of validation there, step four, goes a long way. And so those four steps, like I said, they're kind of a loose framework. And you could go through them 20 times in one long conversation, or you could go through them in 30 seconds with a very quick exchange with a friend as you're, as you're eating at lunch. So listen empathically, validate them, give feedback or advice, and validate again. Exactly. All right. Want to try that with another role play? Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm just thinking, making up a situation. Okay. So, oh my God, my friend's boyfriend is cheating on her, and I just don't know what to do about it. Oh, geez. What? When did she find out? Well, she doesn't know. That's the thing. I I saw a, a Facebook photo and and now I don't know if I should tell her or not. Oh man. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> are, I mean, are you close with her? I mean, do you guys talk much? Uh, it is tough. And we are close. We talk all the time. And I don't know if I should tell her this this thing that I found out. Man, I don't know. Well, I'm curious what you would want in that situation. I mean, if you were in her shoes, would you want to find out from a friend or would you I don't know. What, what do you think? I would want to find out. Ideally, I would want to find out from my partner to be open and honest with me. But if he's not going to tell me, then I would think I would want a friend to tell me. Yeah, I don't know. Truthfully, I mean, if, if that, I mean, you know, your relationship better than I do. Uh, if you think she'd want to know, that's probably w- what, what you ought to do. But again, I don't know your relationship there, but <laughs> that's really tough. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right. I do think that talking to her about it is the right thing to do. So again, and scene. <laughs> yeah, and scene, right? <laughs> that was great. So, I mean, that, that's a situation where like, in real life, I wouldn't have advice that I would feel comfortable giving, which is why you heard me kind of beating around the bush, right? Or kind of avoiding, like, I don't want to be the one that said, well, he told me to tell you, uh, you know, because then my friend might, you know, might come back to me and say, you told me to do it and it really ruined everything. So Again, we're looking at one situation there, but you'll notice that again, it was more through the tone of my voice than anything of saying, phew, like I'm in it with you, right? That empathy, geez, that's hard, man. I don't know what I would do, <laughs> you know? That's the validation piece that at least allows this person to let go of the immediate shock that they're probably feeling from finding out and hopefully get a little clearer minded so that they can figure out what they feel the right move is. No, it's true. Even in that role play, I felt like there was this weight on my shoulders. And then just hearing you say, wow, that's tough. I feel like, oh, half the weight is now on your shoulders. We're kind of sharing it and in this together. Nice. Yeah. And so that was a really beautiful process. And I want to tie this into sort of my validation at the very beginning and tie into the question of how do we move beyond being like a validation robot? So earlier at the very beginning, you were like, I'm glad. And I said, I'm hearing that you're glad. And and that makes sense because, you know, it's a nice day. How do we move into using validation in just a more natural way? Like, you know, once we read your book or once we listen to the podcast and like, all right, I'm ready to go validate somebody. How do we make it sound natural and not just like repeating somebody's exact words that they just said right back to them? I love that you asked this. Frankly, this is a question I wish more interviewers would ask because 
as I observe people practicing validation, some some of you listening are probably like, oh, I already do that. That comes naturally to me, right? Or you might say, I know a friend that that comes naturally to, but it doesn't come naturally to me. And that is where some of those people do get tripped up is they're, they're overanalyzing the situation perhaps, or they're trying so hard to do it quote unquote, right, that they're losing touch of just the emotion of the moment. And so if we revisit that very first conversation, right, like you said, it did feel robotic. It was, well, it makes sense to me why you're happy, because it's so nice outside, right? Which technically is validating, right? Like if you go letter of the law, like identify emotion and <laughs> it makes sense to me, right? But what's lacking in there is the empathy, right? What's, what's lacking in there is that feeling of I'm here with you, and I feel it with you. And so ironically, or oddly enough, perhaps that could be more nat- made more natural by removing 80% of the words, you know, and just saying, man, that's awesome, <laughs> right? Or Not- nothing quite beats a nice sunny day. You know, something like that is just kind of like, yeah, I get you. <laughs> like it makes sense. I I agree. I like that. That's fun. That's beautiful. That's awesome. All of that feels more validating than standing on the outside. I see that you're happy and it makes sense to me why you're feeling that way. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It reminds me of, you know, you also mentioned in your book, John Gottman's um, concept of turning toward uh, what somebody is saying, where, you know, someone says, oh, wow, look at that, you know, look at that boat over there. It's, it's, it looks really cool. And then turning toward is looking over and saying, oh, yeah, that does look cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Gottman's research is is phenomenal. If any of you listeners haven't checked it out, I Strongly recommend you look it up. Uh, I summarize one of his most profound uh, studies in my book and on some articles on my website where it's essentially that, you know, he and his colleagues studied newlywed couples to determine what it was that couples did that kept them together and happy long term compared to those who divorced years down the line. And essentially it boiled down to, he, he doesn't use the word validation, but essentially it boils down to what we've been talking about on today's interview here. It is that validation. It's that we as as humans we make what he refers to as bids for connection every day. It's it's essentially, as I've phrased it here, asking for validation. So it's saying, man, check out that car. That's a bid, as Gottman refers to it. And what we're hoping for is validation. We're hoping for that response of, wow, that's awesome. Or that's a beautiful color. Or, oh man, I got to get me one of those one of these days, right? All of those are validating positive responses versus negative, which would be, oh, that's hideous, right? That doesn't sound good to hear. Or just as bad, the neutral or disconnected of, oh, that's nice, dear. Or, eh, you know, and basically his research showed that the, those neutral or passive or negative responses, those were some of the biggest factors that determined whether a couple would be married and happy or separated and unhappy years down the line. It all comes down to validation. <laughs> it does. It's, it's like a Swiss army knife. I, I always have to kind of temper things a little bit when I, when I give presentations or even do interviews like this, right? Because I, it really is so incredibly versatile that sometimes people are like, wait, I tried it here and it didn't work. And it's because you got to kind of learn the nuances. You got to get the hang of it. But it almost always works, quote unquote, because all we're talking about is conveying sincere human connection. And, and when that's there, it's hard for anything not to work, or at least it, it simplifies or it makes things a little easier to navigate when you're in a very charged situation. So I wanted to ask you real quick, kind of before our final question, because so far we've been talking about this really big tool of validation and all the ways that we can apply in our lives. But also in your book, you mentioned a lot of small tools and small tips, such as leading with an I. So I feel, I think, and avoiding 
using the word but in the middle of your sentence and more. Beyond simply validation, what's like one little small tip or tool you find yourself using most often? Sure. Without question, it's that replacing the word but with and principle. That I use daily. And when I hear people use the word but in a a certain situation, I cringe on the inside. What I mean by that is if we go back to one of our earlier examples, let me say I'm the partner and I'm giving feedback or I'm kind of in an argument with my partner and I say, you, you know, I, I see that you're trying, but you keep messing up. Or I, I, you know, we talked about it and you told me, but you didn't do it. That but, it throws away everything that I just said. Even if I'm trying to validate the person, right? You might say, well, I, I understand this is a different situation. I understand that that hurts, but you're getting too worked up over it. When you say but, it just throws the rest away. And all we focus on is the negative that comes after it. Versus if you change that word to and, You say, man, that really sucks. And I don't think you're seeing things clearly. It allows the two statements to exist together. And it it makes it a little softer and allows you to speak with a lot more truth. You know, so maybe for a final example, we take it into the workplace again as a manager giving feedback. If I say, hey, great job on that presentation, but dot, 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 where do do you go? Right. Your body's like, "Uh oh, brace for impact. Right. What's he really didn't like my presentation. Let's get to the real chase. What is it that you didn't like about it? Right. Is what our brains start doing. Absolutely. But if you say, hey, great job on that presentation and dot, dot, dot. Now you feel a little different. Right. You're like, oh, thanks for the compliment. And what? You know, and and you you could still say and uh, you had a few of your facts wrong or and you stuttered a lot or you kept saying um or whatever it is that would normally be hard feedback to get. It gets a little bit easier when you're when you connect the two with the word and instead of but. Well, thank you so much, Michael, for sharing all your wisdom around validation. And we are running low out of time. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It works. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. It does sound better, you know? Yeah. Um, it's like those improv exercises. <laughs> exactly. So, and we are running out of time. So I really want to thank you for coming on to the show and for our listeners who want to learn more about you or perhaps work with you. How do they find you? Best place is my website, michaelssorensen.com. You can check me out there. And then the book again is called I Hear You. And it's available on Amazon, Audible, all of the usual channels. And if anybody wants to chat more, you know, if you have follow-up questions or I said something that didn't quite sit right with you, please reach out to me. You can contact me via my website and I would love to chat more. Wonderful. Thanks again so much, Michael, for coming on to the show. And thank you, our Learn to Love listeners, for listening to this week's episode. We hope you remember to validate your friends, your partners, your coworkers, because as human beings, we all need to be seen and understood. And validation is our way of fostering human connection with each other. If you want to learn more about the show, you can go to theheartcenter.com and learn more about me at zachbeach.com. Thanks again, Michael. Thanks, Zach. Thanks again for listening to the Learn to Love podcast. To learn more about the show and your host, head over to ZachBeach.com or TheHeartCenter.com. You can also follow Zach on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 